You're listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing with Andrew Logan. This podcast is your step-by-step guide to building and growing your own business and creating passive investment vehicles. If you crave legacy, wealth, and freedom, keep listening. Hello and welcome to The Way Out Podcast. Andrew Logan here. Great to be with you as always for another episode, episode 139, and it's Monday morning here in Australia. And as always, I love to start the week doing this kind of stuff, hopefully helping you with some of those jigsaw puzzle pieces, help you fit a few things in together, help you with some nice brain food, something inspirational and helpful, and it gets you further down the pathway to financial freedom. So, Today, I do want to talk a little bit more about the financial side of things. You know, we we jump between the kind of business skills and the financial skills, and I think it's really, really important that we talk about both, that we train both. Why fill up a bucket? Why, you know, go to all the work to kind of get water into a bucket if there's just a massive hole in the bucket because nothing really changes. And, you know, we go through so much work, we kind of put up with the rejections, we put up with the no's, we grow ourselves. And there's, you know, there's great benefits to obviously upskilling your life and personally developing and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is we go through a lot of work to build ourselves, to build our business. And, you know, what's the point if we don't then take care of the money we're making? What's the point if we don't actually have a plan for the money? Because if we don't have a plan for the money, often people then come along with their plan, you know, and they come along with their plan and it's not always that good for us. And we need to have our own financial plan. And with that, our own financial beliefs, our own financial goals, our own financial skill sets and mindsets. So let's talk about what's going on in the world financially at the moment and a macro view, obviously, because of course, disclaimer, you know, I'm not here to give financial advice. I'm not here to talk about individual stocks or individual markets or anything like that. But The reality is, if we want to make good decisions, then educating ourselves is huge. And so my goal is to help you educate yourself. You know, there's there's going to be risk in any kind of investment. There's going to be risk in any kind of endeavor. And one of the best ways to reduce risk is to improve your own education, improve your own knowledge. So, um, and, you know, quick side note already, (laughs) we're off track already, but, um, you know, I was reading, I I subscribed to, you know, like some high level, you know, stock market newsletters and stuff like that. And, you know, pay money for these sorts of things as well, so that you're getting really good, high quality um, advice and education and indication. Um, And they were talking about that, how like we, we sort of in life, you know, I went to university for four years to be considered safe as a physio, like it wasn't even to be a good physio. It was just to be a a, a mediocre, an average physio. Like I I left university as a kind of at least safe. That was kind of thing. Like at least if you leave safe, you can't hurt anyone and then figure out how to get better as you went. That was four years. You know, you go into any kind of trade, any kind of skill, any kind of apprenticeship, three to four years of working, you know, supervised and making sure that you're safe and that you can do the job. And yeah, it's kind of, you know, a five to 10 year plan to become a professional in any kind of thing. Um, and then we want to like get into investing and it's like, well, bang, like I want to make money overnight and people don't want to read the books. They don't want to paper trade. They don't want to go through the processes that they would go through in any other area of their life. Like there's absolutely no way I could wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to be a physio earning $150,000 a year tomorrow. 
I had to go through a huge long process of university, of work, of, you know, online and, you know, education and then actual workplace placements, all that kind of stuff, all those things to then get a, you know, what was a really great career for a certain period of my life for, you know, it's very, in my twenties, it was the most amazing thing I'd ever done. Um, It's not what I want to do now, obviously, and my loves have changed and my goals have changed, but I absolutely loved it at the time and I knew I had to dedicate all this learning. So when we look at the market, you know, we can, again, we can just sort of take tiny little bits of information or advice from a friend and we jump into these things and our hard earned money, stuff that we've worked so hard for, we put it at risk because we don't want to spend six to 12 months educating ourselves. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're already ahead of the crowd. You know, like if you're at this point where you're listening to the podcast, you're so far ahead of the crowd. um, It's not even funny. Like that's 99% of people don't ever read a book, listen to a podcast or anything as soon as they've left school. So, you know, awesome and great to have you here, obviously. But we do need to make sure that when we're looking at the markets and we're making decisions, that we're not just making them on emotion. You know, emotion is so strong and so many of our normal life decisions are made on emotion, but we have to be a bit more black and white and, you know, very objective when it comes to investing. So the question I really want to ask today and the the question I want to discuss is, is now a time to buy or sell? You know, because there's people in the market saying, you know, yep, okay, we had a little drop. The start of the year was rocky, but hey, now's the time to buy. And then there's other people saying, no, like now's the time to sell. And what, you know, what's the answer? And of course, disclaimer again, not financial advice. So, There's a few answers to the question, but the first answer is we need to know why you're investing. You know, why are you investing for yourself? Like, what's the goal? And that's the most important question before anything else. It it always starts with why. In the words of Simon Sinek, it, it always starts with why. Like, why did you put your money to work? Now, was it to make money for six, 12 months time? Or was it to make money for 20, 30, 40 years time? Are you investing now for the grandchildren? Because based on what's happening at the markets at the moment, the decision to buy or sell is going to really be based purely on, well, when are you trying to get your money out? You know, because when you invest, like you don't make any money until you sell. You know, I could buy something now and hold it for 40 years. I don't, you know, like you, you make a little bit, but the reality is like the, the money is made right at the end. You know, we, we want to buy at a good time and then sell at a good time, ideally, but we don't see any money until the end. So what is my goal of investing? That's the very first question you need to ask. So are you investing for now? Are you investing to try and create an income so that you can leave your work as soon as possible? Are you putting money in now because the the kids are sort of two or three years old and you're going to like, okay, college is 15 years down the track. I want to start putting money away for university and college in 15 years. Are you saying, you know what, there's this little bit of money here, like, you know, things were good there for a while. We've got this little bit of money and you know what, I want to take care of the grant. I just want to put it like bottom drawer trading, like where you just, I'm going to buy something and I'm going to put it in the bottom drawer of the filing cabinet, the bottom drawer of the office and never think about it again. So that's the first thing is, well, why? Okay. And you need to answer that. Only you can answer that. Obviously, I can sit there and say, this is the greatest investment I've ever seen if it works for my goals, you know, and it's like anything, you know, my, 
my wife is the most amazing person in the world, according to me. <laughs> but not everyone is going to think the same. Like other husbands are going to think, well, you know, my wife is the best thing in the world, right? And that's, the, you know, we all love our partners, our spouses, you know, however it all works. Like we all think they're the best person in the world. So what's the best person? What's the best investment for you? Who's the best person for you? You know, it's a very similar thing. It starts with, well, you and what are your goals and what are your needs? The second thing, but, and I, and I want to hit this one more because I've talked about the first one and some other podcast episodes, but the second thing is really like, how do we value an investment and how do we know like what is going on in investment? And that's one of the bigger challenges. And that's where we really need to be very black and white with looking at an investment. And the reality is there's kind of two ways to do that. And the first one is what we call fundamental analysis. So fundamental analysis is like if we're looking at the stock and Apple, right? And you look at the company Apple and you say, look, fundamentally, they're a, you know, I believe they're a good company with good products that make a profit and people will continue to buy them. Now, again, that's off your own research. You need to go and just, you know, do some basic fundamental research of Apple or Tesla or McDonald's or Coke or whatever, you know, whether you love their products or not, whether you consume or use their products or not, doesn't really matter. It's it's how you feel about the company itself. Do you believe Apple is in good hands and will continue to be profitable? And no matter what kind of happens in the markets, you know, for all the market waves out there, Apple is this ship out there getting knocked around by market waves, but it's a pretty strong ship. I believe in it. Now, the reality is, if you fundamentally believe in a company and they continue to be profitable and it's a long-term fundamental thing that you're making, the price is a bonus. You know, it's not about, the old saying is, it's not about timing the market, it's about time in the market. You don't need to precisely time the market if you're going to have long amounts of time in the market. Fundamental analysis is really about the longer term outlook. And it's the same with property. And I remember, you know, like when I was young and going to some of the property courses and people were talking about, you know, maybe if you wait, you can get it for 10, 20 grand less, stuff like that. And the guy on stage was saying, well, look, you know, imagine like if you're buying this for 40, 50 years time, like if you buy it for 500,000 now and then sell it for 5 million in 50 years time, are you really going to sit there and say, oh, we really could have got it for 490,000, but we paid 500,000. When you sell it for 5 million, does it really matter? Now, that's obviously, you know, an extreme example, but that's also the reality. You see people who, um, there was one just the other day, actually just down the road from us, and this house had been in the family for like 70 years and it, it was a complete wreck, but they sold it for, I think it was about 1.8 million. It sold at auction just because a beautiful location, beautiful view. They probably bought the thing for like $2,000 70 years ago. Um, and, you know, are they sitting there going, well, we probably could have got it for nineteen ninety five, you know, but we paid 2000 for it. Or are they saying, wow, we just sold this thing for $1.8 like nuts, right? But that's the sort of fundamental analysis. So in property, is it's like, is this a good area? Is it close to schools? Is it close to the beach? Is it close to the ocean? Is it close to mountains? Like, you know, is this a good area? Is there, you know, like a, a good school? Is there a good hospital? Is there good employment? All that kind of stuff. Things about that. Is it a good view? You know, we are blessed to have a, an, the most incredible view from our house. And I mean, we love the house. We love everything about it. But 
you know, a huge buying purchase reason. And I, I did talk about it um, in a podcast episode two or three episodes ago. I mean, we this house really came out of nowhere and we'd literally bought a house the day before we found this one. So it was there was a little bit of a stretch at time to buy two houses in a week. I certainly wouldn't ever recommend it ever again. But the reality was like we looked at this view and it's like this, you know, like this view, there's like, we have to buy this because we're going to stay here for 20, 30, 40 years. And this view will like, it is just incredible, right? Like it's going to add so much fundamental value. Even if the house fell down, if the house fell down, fell apart, all that kind of stuff, we would still be able to sell the block for a great price because of the fundamentals of its location, its view, you know, its proximity to the village uh, where we live, all that kind of stuff. So that's a fundamental analysis. Now, that doesn't mean it's always going to be right. And it, like while we're talking about property, you know, like Japan had a huge property growth in the kind of late 20th, 20th century. I remember growing up on the Gold Coast and there was that huge sort of Japanese Asian tourism boom throughout the Gold Coast because Japan's property market was just nuts and it was just so crazy and they were, like it was just getting so like so expensive that it was cheaper for people just to completely uproot their life and move onto the gold coast and the gold coast became you know this huge asian tourism population hub so much of that came back to this japanese property market that was happening in the sort of 1980s and 1990s then they crashed and you still you would still be struggling to make your money you know, like if you bought in the kind of 80s and 90s, 30, 40 years ago, you'd still be struggling to make your money back now. Like sometimes these fundamental things, you know, can be huge. But we do know that even if you buy like stock or property in boom times, in bust times or anything like that, generally, as a general rule, if it's a fundamentally strong company, if it's a fundamentally good property, you will be perfectly fine over the long run if you're willing to have time in the market. You don't need to time the market as much. If you are willing, if your financial goals say that you are willing to have time in the market. So again, if you've got 20, 30, 40, 50 year financial plan, then do your fundamental analysis, okay? Do it and you need to do that and you need to see if these are fundamentally good decisions that you're making. And then at that point, is it a good time to buy? Is it a good time to sell? Well, that's really up to you. But if you're staying in that long, you're probably going to be okay, right? And again, there's never any guarantees because we can see companies, really, really good companies also go to bust. Like, you know, remember in the, again, in the 1980s and 1990s when we were all using Kodak film, you know, like where is Kodak now? You know, there's, and we could talk about all these, you know, companies that were just some of the biggest companies in the 80s, 90s, airlines, all that kind of stuff, and they just don't exist anymore, unfortunately. And so we can buy these things. Is McDonald's going to be around in 40 years? Is Apple going to be around in 40 years? Is Coca-Cola going to be around in 40 years? Well, that's up to you to do your own fundamental analysis. The second option you then have is technical analysis. And this is what, you know, the traders love. So traders love technical analysis because it's more a short-term look at the markets. So the long-term markets is really generally derived by value. The long-term value of a company is how much actual value is it giving to the marketplace? The long-term price, I should say. The long-term price of a stock, the long-term property is how valuable is it? The short term is what are the emotions around the market? 
So that's when you have technical analysis and, and technical analysis, there's so many different ways to do it. You got like your MACDs and your histograms and your Japanese candles and your Bollinger Bands and, you know, your resistance lines and all that kind of stuff. And, and we could go into all these different technical analysis, chart patterns, software, all that kind of stuff. But the reality is we're only looking at the kind of emotions of the market over a period of time. And emotions are a very strong driver short term, but they're not great long term, you know, because emotions can change overnight. You know, like we, we all know, like some of us can have that partner whose emotions change every single day, right? Or, or within a day, intraday emotional changes, right? So the market sentiment, the emotion of the market can give us so much information for the short term. But again, sometimes like with trading, it can feel like you're driving down the street and you're looking in your rear view. You know, you're kind of like, well, I'm looking in the rear view and getting an idea of what's behind me so that I can make an educated guess of what's happening in front of me. The, what has happened on the chart is the emotions of the market up to this point. And I'm going to use that technical analysis to make an idea of whether this thing is going to go up or whether it's going to go down. And again, if it's going to go up, then yeah, it's probably a good idea to buy. If you have shorter term goals and you're willing to ride the emotions of the market, and you believe the emotions say that, you know what, now is a good time. We've had that little drop, but now we're going to see a bounce. Now we're going to see a rally or the emotions of the market are showing something else. Only you can make those decisions based on your own financial goals, your financial reasons and your financial research. You need to do that education. You need to do that research. The thing to be very, very, very aware of is leverage. And again, we talked about this, you know, like in, in parts and at other times, but you know, leverage is amazing. We have an incredible leveraged financial vehicle. We have a leveraged cash flow vehicle, all these amazing things that leverage offers us. But leverage in the market is when you're kind of putting down a little bit of money and they're giving you the rest. And if you're going to drive down the highway looking in the rear view, leverage is driving like speeding down the highway. You're driving 130 k's an hour on a 100k highway and you're just like looking in the you're looking behind you going, oh man, like I'm making a really educated guess here. Now, will you get to your destination faster? Yes, if everything works out. What are the chances that you crash? Pretty high. Um, and so unfortunately, that's where we're seeing a lot of people get hurt and a lot of people again you know, especially in the sort of like more crypto markets and stuff, we're seeing a lot of people with highly leveraged positions getting themselves in a lot of trouble because they were basing on emotions of, you know, like greed and FOMO, not really understanding whether there was a fundamental value long term. So answering the question, is it a good time to buy? Is it a good time to sell? First of all, you need to know why you're investing. Like how long do you actually plan to invest for? Because that's the first thing we need to understand. Like, why are you actually putting your money to work? And then secondly, based on that, are you going to do predominantly fundamental analysis with a little bit of technical analysis? Or are you doing predominantly technical analysis with a little bit of fundamental analysis? We should always look at both. Both are incredibly important. Your left leg and right leg are incredibly important. You need them both to walk in a nice straight line. In the markets, generally, these short-term emotions of a long-term investment don't really matter. You know, when we saw this house, if we overpaid again, you know what? Maybe we did overpay because of the sentiment in the market at the time, but we're going to be here for 30, 40, 50 years. Like, we just absolutely love this area, this house, all that kind of stuff. So I think we'll be okay in 30, 40, 50 years time. Shorter term, like if you're entering the market now or you're looking to exit the market, you do need to look at the shorter term 
value, like the emotions, that technical analysis. And guys, remember how much we sacrifice the things we do for our professional career, for our business. We need to have that same mindset in our investing. We need to say, you know what? I might need to read a few good books. Might need to just paper trade for a while. And one of the best investments, I best bits of investment advice I ever heard was sometimes the best investment you make is the one that you don't make. You know, sometimes the very best thing we ever do is actually not get involved. And we just kind of keep our money in our back pocket and we just watch and we learn. And then, you know, we move forward looking at what's happening, moving forward. You say, you know what? It's like maybe I was better just keeping my money in my pocket and observing and learning because there will there will always be a new market wave. There'll always be new opportunities. There'll always be the ability to re-enter the market at another time. Now, just before we go, I want to recognize our subscriber of the week. I always like to start Monday with subscriber of the week. And again, I want to thank everyone who's been like really... Um, it's, it's, it's been awesome. It's been amazing the last couple of weeks. Lots of people, you know, taking a screenshot of their device, popping it up on their stories, tagging me. I'm at Andrew James Logan. Let me know like your big takeaway, what you're learning. Um, I don't know if just like this week was a good week. Maybe I just finally produced some decent content or something like that, but had lots of people this week. So um, I do want to thank Kylie Gilbert. So Kylie Gill um, with a beautiful post uh, actually up on her wall about you know, how she was multitasking and learning and doing her evening walks and, uh, you know, learning from the podcast as well. Um, So let me just get my phone out here. So Kylie Gill, you are our subscriber of the week and I'm going to spin the wheel and you've learned a free book. So I'm going to send you one of my favorite books. I'm going to send you that. So Kylie, can you message me with your postal address? And I will send you one of my favorite books. Um, so, guys, I hope you got value out of today's episode. Hopefully, it just helps you with, as always, you know, that education, that mindset, knowing what you need to do, knowing how you need to take care of your money, put it to work, ensure that you are spending time growing yourself, growing your business, and also growing your financial wherewithal. Make sure you know that sometimes. It's best that I take care of my own money. I understand my emotions. I learn how to do this because, again, if I'm going to invest for 50 years, it's probably worth reading for a couple of months. It's probably worth $50 worth of good investment books. If I'm going to be putting money in now that I hope to get out in 50 years' time, I should probably do a little bit of research and not just dive in emotionally. I know we love to you know, use our emotions a lot, but uh, sometimes they don't serve us. Anyway, guys, I hope you got great value out of today's episode, and I will see you all again on Thursday for another episode. Catch you then. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing. Connect with Andrew on Instagram and Facebook at Andrew James Logan. For your seven-step system to financial freedom and other tools and resources to help you grow your business fast, go to www.andrewlogan.net. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Until next time, keep moving forward.